Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. So one of the um, one of the topics that we've been covering the last several weeks was that of love. And um, we defined, we redefined um, the, the terminology, we re- redefined what sin is based on the new covenant, is that it's anything that compromises love, anything that breaks love, anything that, um, anything that compromises the love command is basically sin. So anytime that you, you destroy love in a, in a relationship, you're sinning, right? So it, it really makes things a lot easier for the new Christian to walk through because it's, it's just, it's that simple. So as I was thinking this week, um, what is it about some of the writings of the, of the, the writers of the new Testament? What is it like, why did Peter, you know, begin to, um, just to say, okay, these are the do, the do's and the don'ts. Why did James write what he wrote? What did Paul write what he wrote? Why did Timothy and, you know, all those things be told, okay, well, when you have this situation, don't do this. It was simply because he was giving, they, were giving, they were being given examples of things that were going on that was actually breaking love, that were changing love, that were compromising. There's a word that I'm missing. There's a word that I'm missing that it's not explaining this properly, but I think you know what I mean, is that love is being, love is being um, broken down, relationships are being broken down, and so he's giving given the writers of the new testament were given giving tenses english language um were giving examples of areas to be aware of to be aware of does that make sense okay so today i want to actually look at um a few passages in james and james gives some really good counsel on how to deal with things that come up under the banners of love all right, so let's just kind of jump right in. I'm not going to be too long today um, just because I don't want to be. So let's look, at, let's look at James chapter 1, and we're just going to start to read. Greetings, my name is James, and I'm a love slave. All right, let's just stop right there. I read that. I've read that a lot. How would, you, how, how would you feel, you know, you're in an airplane or on a bus or, you know, you're, you're, you're in a place that you're having a conversation with somebody that you don't know, and you look over and you say, hey, what do you do? And you're thinking, well, I'm a lawyer or I'm a garbage collector or whatever. Um, and he says, well, I'm a love slave. It's not appropriate for church. Of course it is. It's in the Bible. How, how would that make you feel? But that's exactly what James is doing. You guys are looking kind of like confused right now. It's, are you awkward? I'm just going to start, start throwing out some terms and watching you squirm. Because verse 1, verse 1, James 1. Greetings, my name is James, and I'm a love slave of God. And of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'm writing to all the 12 tribes of Israel who have been sown as seeds among the nations. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience all the joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. How many of us know that this is true because of things that we've gone through in our personal lives? Is that you're faced with a, a um, it seems like an unf- unscalable wall or an obstacle that is in your face, what gets generated in your life? Endurance, perseverance, doubt. Someone said doubt. Who was honest? Thank you, Melody. Melody was out honest. Everybody else, that was just a nice religious answer. No, seriously, it's, it's where we are. It's where we are sometimes that when we face these things, if doubt starts in, that's a great place to start because then the Lord has opportunity to say, why do you doubt me? Because I've never let you down before. Or if you're, if you're faced with this hurdle and, and, and endurance is the very first thing that comes to mind, then obviously you're farther along in, in whatever process, and that's, what, and that's where you're at. Because obstacles in our way produce something. And, it's, and James is saying it's got to produce something in your life, and the Lord is going to actually carry you through this no matter what the obstacle is. I just, I've heard of a number of things happening this week, and I'm just like, wow, this is really cool that James speaks to this. Now, we all know we all have heard of the horrific accident in, in Saskatchewan, and it's just, it's horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible to have an, you know, 70% of a hockey team, 16 to 24, just gone in an instant. Horrible. And yet, what is the producing in that community. Don't know yet. It's producing, what we can see right now, it's producing community awareness, community support, community love, sense of family. Like, how how do you even navigate that? And it's just something, like, it's amazing. But James, it's, it's clear in James. You know, when he said, like, when he was, he was speaking these words to strengthen the ones that he was writing to, to encourage them, He's like, you're, like, let joy, let joy reign in you. Let, uh, sorry, all the difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience all the joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. When your faith is tested. Now, our faith gets tested in different ways. Relationships, health, finance an actual attack on our faith. But it's, it, it uncovers everything, encompasses everything. It encompasses what daily life, and every day we face things that we, we look as an, as an obstacle. And how we handle that, James, is like we need to do it with joy. I heard a teaching years ago, and I forget by the, by the name of the, the, the teacher. He was, he was a word faith gentleman, and he had this great sermon and it was called, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't take your goods. And, and it was this, he, 
you know, again, very, it, was, it was the 1980s, and it was very high word faith, and, and um, you know, I was rebuked for listening to it because it was word faith, and we were Baptists at the time. But I, I, I will never forget the testimony that he, he had shared. And I wish I could remember who it was because I would give him credit. But he told this story of how he was, he was ministering in a church in Florida. And the church um, gave him a pair of, I think it was alligator boots, right? And so he went, and, he, and they were nice alligator boots. And he, he just loved them. They were, they were a love gift, and he, just, and he put them on, and they fit. And he says, and then he went to the airport, and the, the customs or the duty, the, you know, the guys in the little tin gods in their huts, they, um, they looked at him and said, you are wearing illegal contraband. Those are crocodile. And I guess crocodile is either one. I can't remember if it was one or the other. Okay, whatever he was wearing, what's that? Crocodile, so I was probably right. Alligators or crocodiles. So they said, you're wearing crocodile boots. Take them off, and we're impounding them, or we're taking them away. He's like, these aren't crocodile. These are alligator. He says, no, I know my, my reptiles. These are crocodile. And he realized at that point he was being faced with an obstacle, and he just let joy take over. And he realized that if joy is the constant in my obstacle, and this was an obstacle, the enemy wanted to take something that was meant for good and take it away. And so he just laughed. He says, I just, and he just laughed. And, the, and the, the, the guard, the customs official, just looked at him and like, why are you laughing? This is not a laughing matter. I could charge you $10,000 and put you in jail. And he just, he just laughs even more. And, and so he's laughing so much that it's causing a little bit of a stir. And he's literally laughing, not just like the Steve Backlund, we're going to practice or laugh, ha-ha. It was a gut-wrenching. He says, I was filled with such joy because I knew that God was going to do something and my faith was stirred up and I was, I was just, I was beside myself with joy. And so as he's laughing, the customs agents secure, um, started to gather around and going, was there a problem here? And he's like, he can't stop. And the, and the main customs guy, he's like, I don't know what this guy's doing, what he's on, but he's got alligator or crocodile boots on, and I need to impound him. And, and for this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to charge him. And he just started laughing even more. And the, the guy, the other, you know, the other agents are looking down, and they're saying, those aren't, those aren't alligator. I mean, those aren't crocodile. They're alligator. And this guy, no. And, you know, the, the guy with the boots, he's laughing even harder. And finally, the supervisor came, comes in, and, and he stops laughing. The, um, just a Mr. Happy was started laugh, stopped laughing, and he looks, and he, and he says, is there a problem here? And he, and he tells him the story. I was ministering at a church. They took up an offer, and they gave me these boots. These are alligator boots. It's been it's just something that is very dear to me. And the supervisor looks at him, and he says, well, of course those are alligator. What's the problem? He says, well, this gentleman says that they're crocodile. He says, no, those aren't crocodile. I know my reptiles. They're fine. You can go. Sorry for the problem. And he walked away. And he says, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't take your goods. Now, there's that's just... I'm. We'll just leave it at that. I'm not going any farther with the testimony. 
But he used that, and I never forgot that. I was probably 16 years old when I heard that story, and I was challenged from that point on. If I come into situations that are less than desirable, what do I do? Does it affect my joy? Does it affect who I am? Do I get crushed by it? Do I get changed to the negative because of it? And I know that, that, I, that some days, some, some seasons, I'm like, oh, God, I can't do this. And I get all upset, and I get stressed out, and I don't sleep, and my hair falls out. Well, my hair is falling out anyway, but it's not because of that. Um, I had water here. Actually, that's not true. My hair's not falling out. I just keep it short. All right, just in the top. So what happens when we let joy, when we, what happens when we let joy rule our, the situations and not the situation? Remember what Steve says, like, there's, there's, there's no hopeless situations, just hopeless people. Right? We get into the situation, and if joy isn't what is actually moving us, then we're, we are going to get beat down. Because what joy does, it produces endurance. It produces power in us. It produces us a tenacity to actually look through this and to move through this. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. So what James is saying is if you can push through, faith is released, endurance is released, and you actually are becoming perfect. Now, it's not the perfection that we think of. It's not like how many of us love perfectionists in our life. How many? No, none of us. Nobody loves that one person that's like, um, that does the correcting of because it's just not quite right, right? And I think all of us have a tendency to do that. It's like, you know, you, you're typing away and you use the wrong type of there. You know, you go like, I'm going there and you, you spell it T-H-E-I-R or I-E-R or whatever. I before E, but except when all this other stuff happens, stupid English, you know, um, but then there's always that one person on your Facebook feed. Oh, you mean T H E R E. You know what? If I meant T H E R E, I would have put T H E R E. I'm, (laughs) you know, it's like, you meant this. No, actually I didn't (laughs) shut up. Anyway, (laughs) we don't like having perfectionists in our life because there's a sense of, Oh, but we need perfectionists in our life to actually help us along. That's a, different, that's a different sermon altogether. Verse 5, if anyone lacked, longs, sorry, if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous open hand. Wow. How many of us love to fail? I, yes, I get up every morning and I weigh, I just need to fail today. No, none of us want to fail. None of us have a desire to fail. And then how many of us, so when we do fail, we tend to beat ourselves up for it? You know, we tend like, like I can't believe. Or better yet, we have one of our, um, one of us, somebody close to us, our wife or a wife, wife, Wow, tense. Tenses are hard today. 
we have our wife or our husband, you know, correct us because you, you shouldn't have done that. I was watching, Deanna and I were watching Fixer Upper last night. You guys know the show Fixer Upper? And it was where they got started. It was like their earlier first season. This is how, this is how far we've come because they're finishing the show. And it's an awesome show and I love, I love them. I uh, love the show and I love the, the two, the mains. And uh, it was in their first season. It was one of the very first shows. And Chip, if you know the characters, Chip and Joanna Gaines, Chip wanted to bless his wife on Mother's Day with a houseboat because they needed to renovate their house. And they, he thought, if I just buy a houseboat, we can live on the lake for the, you know, and, and the house can get renoed. And this is great. So he went out and he spent $15,000 on this houseboat that looked like it had been sunk, refloated, sunk again, and then refloated and then dry docked, right? He goes, yeah, it's a little bit rough, but, you know, we can rental this and then we can do the house. And and he's like, I just love you so much. Happy Mother's Day because this is what we're going to do. Now, how many women here would just be so excited about that, right? And Joanna, she looked at him and she simply said, Chip, we can't do that. And it was like, what? And he was like, his eyes were opened. And and he was like, I just wanted to bless. I just wanted to say I love you. She goes, I know you love me, but this just is not going to work. And that was it, right? That was the exchange. And, And the cameras are on them. Right, the cameras are. This is, and they're just. I think they were doing. It's called a sizzle reel, and they were just. They were figuring out if this couple was actually going to be good enough to to have a show, and how they handled the situation in between each other. They celebrated each other, and they didn't call each other down, because honestly, I think if I did something that great, Deanne would have a little bit more of a problem with my decision. Not that we would not, I think, like, earlier on in our marriage, now we would work it out a lot easier. But what they did was they honored each other. They celebrated each other. They they celebrated the fact that he wanted to bless her and love her. She celebrated that. He just, his heart was true. And it was a $15,000 mistake. And and they have them, they have them, he's on the phone. He's to the buyer. He's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. This is like Joanna just, Joanna, I just told Joanna, and yeah, she's not too happy about this. He says, is there anything we can do? Oh, really? No? Okay. And I think they were stuck with this $15,000 houseboat, and it was a mistake. My point is, learning to honor each other and learning to celebrate each other, even in the midst of making mistakes, is exactly what the Father does to us. He doesn't condemn us for making mistakes. He doesn't call us out. He's more interested in our walk than he is our fall because that's his character as a father. I never once, you know, criticized my kids for falling when they're learning how to walk. It's not something that was in me. I remember Andrew driving. (laughs) Driving is another story, but walking. I remember him running down the aisle at, at the dwelling place and it was like, and we were cheering him on. He was like 18 months old or something and he's waddling with his diaper flopping and he was full and and he was running down the aisle and and we're like yeah he is like it was like the first time that he went out for a full run and then he comes and he then he does you know the little two-year-old flop 
And I didn't sit there criticizing him. Get up, you stupid kid, and get back. I can't believe you tripped. No, we were celebrating and we were cheering the fact that he was running. That's what James was getting at. He says, if anybody is, is longing to be wise, ask God for wisdom. Just make sure that you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. Because he's there. He's... Um, He's not there to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace or his empowerment, his open hand. That's the character of the Father. And I think as we go through these things, as we go through um, situations that we're experimenting and we're trying, and, and it's like, do I, do I take this job or not? My advice has always been in my, my practice is that is if, if there is a door open, we're going to walk through it. And truth be told, we've, made, we've walked through some doors that we had to quickly turn left and walk through another door to get back to where we were supposed to be. But we've never been harmed by those. God is all about risk, and that's what we say faith is. Like faith is spelled R-I-S-K is because we take chances, we take risks in the kingdom. And it's a green light until it's a red light. But we've been taught that it's always red lights. You need to pray about this. You need to get a counsel of many. You need to get wisdom. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Those may be true, but at the same time, when God speaks to your heart, you know what it is. You know what the shepherd is saying. You know what God is saying to you. And I would say 90% of us, of Deanne, in the last 25 years of being married, 90% of the time we walk through something, we just know that it's right. Do we have to pray about it? Should we have prayed about it? Mm, maybe. But 90% is a pretty good track record. We wouldn't be sitting here today, you know, had we not taken a chance. Because in January 2010, when I felt that there was something more coming, and I said to Dan, I think it's time that we, we need to pioneer a church. And she looks at me, and she didn't say, oh, hell no. <laughs> she did not do that. She looks at me, and she's like, yeah, I think you're right. Let's do it. And that started the process. And we stepped through. And we started. There's another time that I was driving along and, you know, we had chem dry at the time and I was listening to a message from Bill and I was being challenged and I, you know, I, I um, listened to this message and I called Deanne and, and I said, hey, I think we need to start giving 20% of all of our income. And she looks at me and she says, I don't think so. Because <laughs> she knew how much we were made. And that's the balance, Right? My heart to, like, oh, I think we should do this. She's like, yeah, we need to talk about that a little bit more clearly. And did we up our, income, our, our giving? Yeah. But it wasn't that much. <laughs> she says, we have bills to pay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know. You're such a buzzkill. And she's like, yeah, but I pay the bills. So. so do you know what I mean? Do you see that? See, but we need to, the key is to ask. And so Deanne and I, like, we say, right, is this right for us? And we just know. We just, it's simply that quick. Is this right for us? Yes. And we've been told, go home, pray about it, think about it, fast. I'm like, fast? No. <laughs> Why are you making this a bad thing? We know 
because the Lord speaks to us immediately. Go to Asia. <laughs> okay. How am I going to do that? You know, a year later, take your family to Asia. Okay. <laughs> $25,000 later, how am I going to do that? Right? And he's like, just go. He makes it happen. Dream. Dream for a new building for House of Hope. I literally been driving, I've been driving the streets of Cranbrook the last two weeks, looking and saying, okay, Jesus, what do you have for us? What is the future? What is the, what, what's, what, you know, it's the first time in eight years that that's been something on my heart. People have given us prophetic words about the super value building, and I was like, oh, no. Just for the same reason that Christy said earlier, like, I don't want, I don't want that. But now it's like, hmm. I could actually see that happening. Why? Because of all of our times that we've risked in the last eight years, God is setting us up for something greater that we have to know that is not going to be done out of our own strength. But we still have to ask for wisdom, knowing that he's going to talk to us. Does that make sense? What's that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm putting a compo in. All right, we're going to change a uh, change little bit direction. I had like three things I wanted to cover in James today. And I'm going to do two because, wow, I just rambled on for the last 25 minutes. All right. I'm going to close with this. James 1, verse 13. When you are tempted, don't ever say God is tempting me. For God is incapable of being tempted by evil. He is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is the person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away to darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So, my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. I've had a lot of people say over the years, um, pray for me because, you know, I'm struggling with this temptation. And at first, when I was much younger, I would say, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. Yeah, you pray for me because I'm struggling, you know, in this area with this. Dang it. Um, I'm struggling with this temptation. And then I read this, and I've been pondering this. And someone said to me, it's only tempting if it's a desire in your heart. And I was like, huh. So the biggest thing is, the bigger, the bigger picture is what is the desire in your heart? And how does that line up to love? For example, I could never, ever, ever be tempted by a bowl of Brussels sprouts. There is, there is nothing in that bowl that would ever go, eat me, eat me. <laughs> now, if there was a dish of just made brownies, underbaked brownies with caramel sauce and whipped cream, and vanilla ice cream, thank you, melting into the hot, caramely, gooey goodness of brownies, Jesus, cast this away from me. 
because I do not have the strength. Lately, it's been jujubes. Dan bought a five-pound bag of jujubes. They're supposed to be given away. Well, they were given away. I'm giving it to the Cranbrook septic system. <laughs> They're going away. Because <laughs> those, those are tempting. And I give in to that temptation. Why? Because sugar, sweets, is something that is in my heart that I've developed over years. Because, you know, James says it's going to... Evil desires give birth to evil actions, and when sin is fully mature, it can kill you. It's, just, it's the same things, right? It's just, we're just using a funny example, and you, we all have examples. And it can go deeper. It could go deep into areas. And, and I remember listening to Danny Silk one day, and, he, and he's like, what we have to do is confront our own desires and say, I actually get enjoyment from doing whatever it is we do. And that's really hard to do. That's really hard for us to actually admit that, wow, I like watching pornography. Or I like drinking four bottles of scotch because it tastes good. I like that. I, and, and what does it do? It breaks down relationship. It breaks down things. And, and the, more we, um, the more we feed it, the harder it is to break. And then we come up for prayer and we ask, oh, I'm being tempted. No, actually, you're feeding a desire that is not healthy, and you're not being honest with who who you are. You're not being honest with yourself to deal with these issues and to say, I need to break a long past of, of feeding this thing. And that's, and that's where James is getting at. It's like, stop feeding it. Deal with it. It's like we have a crazy uncle in the basement that we throw food to every once in a while, hoping that he'll go away. But sooner or later, this crazy uncle is going to come out of the basement and kill you all. What's that? That's a messed up family. It's true. Yeah, no wonder we have... We have Andrew living in the basement, so I... We feed him every once in a while when he comes up. But, but do, you know, do you see where I'm going with this? Is that if we don't deal with our needs and we say, okay, there's something in me that is feeding whatever the desire is. If we're being tempted by something and we know that it's wrong, we, there, there's actually something in us that has been fed for a long time that it causes us to be tempted. And that's breaking, that's breaking the, love, the, the love law. Because most times, those things that we're being tempted in is actually breaking our relationship with the people around us, whether it be through trust or hiddenness or, or whatever. It, it, it's affecting those around us. And in that area, yeah, we are sinning. Is it sin for me to eat a handful of jujubes? Maybe not, but maybe it is because it causes stress in my family because I probably shouldn't be having that much sugar. It's simple. It's, it's just a simple thing. But now I'm going to go home and get rid of all the jujubes. Because now you've seen I'm addicted to jujubes. I'm going to give them to Andrew. Easy. Andrew will eat them. No, you'll, you can't. Sorry. <laughs> just, I was going to say something, but I'm not going to because we're being recorded. <laughs> it was good, but anyway. But do you see what I mean? James was very clear on how we deal with these things. If there's a desire in your heart that doesn't line up with love, cut it off. Deal with it. Be honest with yourself. 
I struggle with this because actually I enjoy doing it, and that's the problem. If I enjoy doing something that I know is causing a breakdown, what need is that meeting in my life that, I'm, that Christ isn't meeting? You know, we hear about the counsel. We, we give counsel to our teenagers. You know, I, I'm really attracted to this girl, um, well, and, but she's bad. Well, you, if you just pray harder, you'll, you'll, that desire will go away. No. You just bring Jesus more into, the, into that, and, and that desire will go away. No. We need to teach our kids how to be self, have self-control and, and learn how to react and, and act within a righteous relationship. Right? Teaching them that, they're, that, they're, that what they're feeling is okay, but you have to manage it. Teaching ourselves how, like, is it sin for me to eat jujubes? No. Two or three or four or five a, a week is not a big deal. But ten or a handful every three hours, it's probably going to cause, like, a little bit of tension in my body. Right? Yeah, no. I gave those away. I burned those ships. We're not going back there. Except maybe the skinny jeans. I'm still not 100% sure about those. Right, Dennis? <laughs> All right, I'm going to close with this. Every gift God freely gives to us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, shining from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness, and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word, so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all of his creation. Everything that God gives us is good. What we do with it could cause some issue. So today, ask the Father, ask the Holy Spirit, what areas of my life am I breaking the rule of love? What areas of my life am I breaking the commandment of love? And how do I deal with that? How do I deal with that, Father? And just allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to you to say, okay, what areas do I find delight in, in the temptations and the desires and the things that I know that aren't right for me? And why do I find delight in them? Because I want to change them. Because our goal is to, to grow, Correct. Our goal is to come into a fullness of who he is. Our goal is to become like Jesus. And if we're just dealing with the same things over and over again and not growing, then we're dying. Because like I said before, in the kingdom, there's no, there's no staleness. It's either forward momentum or, or, or backward momentum. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. A plane can only stay in a holding pattern in the sky for so long before the or the the, the fuel runs out and gravity takes over. There's no holding patterns in the kingdom. So let's stand. <clears throat> Father, thank you that you are so enamored with us, that you are more interested in our walk than you are in our fall. And that if any person in this room is needing wisdom, is needing help with the things that they're dealing with, that you are ready to give them that wisdom 
Wisdom to know how to deal with their desires. Wisdom to know how to deal with the temptation. Wisdom to know how to, to, to push past the obstacles. Wisdom, Father. And we're asking that as a house for wisdom for the things that we're walking through. And almost more important is wisdom that goes, well, it goes together is joy. Lord, give us a deeper understanding of what joy is. Some of us got it. Some of us need more of it. But we all have it. And so, Lord, I just pray that, that there would be joy as we come through the obstacles in the next few weeks. As we're faced with things, that joy would be our first inclination. And, Lord, that those obstacles would be, would be obliterated as we laugh and as we are joyful in front of it. Amen? Cool. All right. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.